Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning. The final from Tropicana Field in Tampa Bay. It's a doubleheader loss for the Indians. Game one, Tampa Bay eight, Cleveland one. Game two, Tampa Bay four, Cleveland nothing. In fact, Cleveland gets no hit in the second game. Now, I'm Davey Barris, lifelong Cleveland baseball fan, and normally I want to talk about the game on the field, the thing I enjoy watching baseball being played, but it was so brutal yesterday for the Indians that you're going to have to indulge me a little bit this morning because I'm going to start off with a rant this morning. The Indians have now taken their their uh, losing streak up to nine games, and it's only been a week. It was literally a seven-day span they've lost nine games because of two doubleheaders thrown in there. And they've now fallen eight games back in the division. They're now 500 on the season. They are 42 and 42. I was going to do like a halfway point recap, but I'm basically going to wait to the all-star break at this point. And then I'll do a little bit of a first half recap when we get to the all-star break, a special episode. But yeah, the Indians have fallen back to 500. This team... This team was in serious competition a week ago. One week ago, this team was in serious competition. And now they're five games back in the wild card with, uh, you know, six teams ahead of them competing for that wild, those two wild card spots. So, I mean, it's going to take a serious turnaround. It's going to take more than a Kansas four-game set against Kansas City to possibly turn this thing around. If we could put a couple of wins under our belt before the All-Star game, that would feel pretty good. But, I mean, this is this is bad. And the starting pitching has been awful. Just awful across the board. Every day I see who the starter is, I think maybe this is the game where that person puts things together, right? Mejia, Quantrill, Eli Morgan has been at least serviceable, has been at least be able to make it through five innings. But, it has been brutal for the last week, and it's amazing how one bad week can tank, can tank a season. I mean, this is a sport that's supposed to be spread out over six months. This is a sport, 162 games. The point is that you regress to your means, right? That you either rise to the level of the team you're supposed to be, or you regress to what you're supposed to be. And... That's what the 162-game schedule does. It figures out who you actually are. And one bad week here. I don't know if that's who the Indians are. I don't know. It's been a really tough week. Now, I wish I wish Fangraphs or Savant or one of these sites would let me set a time frame for the Indian statistics. It'll let me do it for an individual player, but I'm not opening... 26 tabs to look at that. So we're on MLB's site, and we're just looking at the last seven days. And in the last seven days, who's been pulling their weight and who has not been pulling their weight? You know who has the best batting average over the last seven days? Yu Chang, because he was two for three in that one game before he was sent down. So he has a 667 batting average. All right, Fermil Reyes has only played in four games since he's been back, but he's already got seven hits and 17 at-bats. He's hitting 412 since he got called back from the IL. Eddie Rosario, who just got sent to the IL, he was four for 10. He, had, he's hit, he was hitting 400 over this stretch, over this losing streak. Remember, this whole thing started with that doubleheader last Wednesday in Detroit, so it's literally been seven days. 
Uh, Fermil Reyes already has two home runs. Eddie Rosario had one home run in there. Remember that bloop home run he hit in Cleveland? Oscar Mercado has actually been okay. He's hit 250. He was four for 16. I feel like most of those hits came in like a single game with that triple. Uh, he's walked three times, struck out six. So not terrible, but I told you he was he was really limiting the strikeouts down in triple A. And we got to see if that continues here. Cesar Hernandez is hitting 240. He's actually been, you know, pulling his weight. He's got six hits and 25 at-bats. He might have the most. Ahmed Rosario has the most at-bats uh, in this stretch at 28. Uh, that's because Ahmed Rosario does not walk. Cesar Hernandez has walked three times. But he has two home runs and a double, five RBIs, hitting 240. So not the worst stretch for Cesar Hernandez. He's been pulling his weight. Okay, here's where it drops off a cliff now. Jose Ramirez is only hitting 214. Ahmed Rosario is only hitting 214. Jose Ramirez didn't play in a couple of games because that elbow. But when he has played, he's gotten three hits, one double, uh, one RBI over the last week. One RBI for Jose Ramirez in a week stretch. Ahmed Rosario been playing a ton. He does have six hits. He does have one double. But he also only has one RBI uh, no walks, and he struck out six times. He's only hitting 214. Harold Ramirez uh, has a couple of extra base hits, uh, three doubles, but he's only hitting 208 with two RBIs. He's walked four times, but he struck out six times. So I'm a Harold Ramirez in a strange way. His OPS is a lot better than Ahmed or Jose. His OPS is at least serviceable there with those four walks. Roberto Perez in his three games back does have two hits. Uh, it's all good for a 182. Uh, no RBIs. Struck out twice. Bobby Bradley has struck out 12 times in the last week. He only has three hits, and he's been given a ton of chances. Been playing every day for the last week. Uh, only extra base hit is a double. No RBIs for Bobby Bradley in a week stretch. Three walks and 12 strikeouts. That is brutal. Austin Hedges only has one hit. Ernie Clement only has one hit. Daniel Johnson in yesterday in the doubleheader goes 0 for 4 with two strikeouts. Um, and Owen Miller, uh, well, he got one, one pinch hit there at the end of that doubleheader. Uh, he's 0 for 1 with a walk. And then Bradley Zimmer has been given a lot of chances, 13 at-bats, no hits. He does have two RBIs on fielder's choices. He hasn't walked four times but he struck out eight times and been caught stealing. So not a great week for Bradley Zimmer either. So that's what your offense has been doing. That's how brutal it's been for the last week. If we flip this over to pitching, numbers ain't going to look any better. Your starting pitchers, JC Mejia in 0-2 with a 16.20 ERA in only six and two-thirds innings pitched. He's given up 12 runs on only nine hits. Because he's given up three home runs. Logan Allen in his one start, 13.5 ERA. Three and a third, gave up five earned runs. Sam Henches in two starts, 12.86 ERA. Seven innings pitch, he's given up 10 earned runs. Somehow Mejia's actually been worse. Um, Henches' whip is worse. Henches' whip is up at 2.29. Mejia's was at 1.95. Neither are a good number. Emmanuel Classe uh, has a 6 ERA. 
He's he's taken two losses in a week stretch. This is supposed to be your closer. In three games, he's taken two losses and one save. He's pitched three innings, given up four hits, two earned runs, three runs total. Uh, yeah, that's not good for Emmanuel Classe. Eli Morgan has one start. He did last five innings, gave up three runs, five hits. So that's serviceable. Um, did give up two home runs in that. His whip was 1.4. DJ Johnson came in relief yesterday. Uh, actually looked okay. We'll get to him in a second. Uh, he is a journeyman that has bounced around. Cal uh, Quantrill, he has a 5.06 ERA in his one start. Gave up three runs and five and a third. It's actually a serviceable start there. They gave up a home run, did walk to 1.5 whip. Nick Wickren has given up uh, a run in two and two-thirds innings. Brad Shaw has given up a run in three and two-thirds innings. Uh, Justin Garza has actually been okay for the last week. Gave up a run in three and two-thirds on a solo home run. Him and Trevor Steffen, the only runs they've given up over the last week, have both been on solo home runs. Trevor Steffen might actually have been our best pitcher over the last week. Um, he's got a 0.25 whip, and he struck out seven in four innings over the last week. That solo home run, the only blemish on his record. Sandlin, I know has... Now, this does not include inherited runners. A lot of these relievers... I know Sandlin yesterday came out of the bullpen and gave up some inherited runs, but those runs don't get credited to him. So technically, has not given up a run in the last week. Um, but a 2.40 whip... For Nick Sandlin. Like Parker has been serviceable. Three innings pitch. He has walked three. And given up two hits. So his whip is 1.67. But he hasn't given up a run. Phil Mayton hasn't given up a run technically. Uh, his whip is at 1.09. And Karinchek is up there with Trevor Steffen. As the best pitcher over this stretch. In two and two thirds. Hasn't given up a run. No hits. Two walks. And five strikeouts. Good for a 0.75 whip. So that's who's been pulling their weight in the last week over this losing stretch and who hasn't. For the Indians, it's the starting pitchers have absolutely not been pulling their weight. The bullpen has been trying to hang on to these games, but the but the starting pitching has been awful. And it is the ownership's fault. It is management's fault. Now, you might say, Davey, their top three starters are injured. How can you blame them? I can blame them because they did not go out and get any veteran starters on this baseball team. They barely have any veteran players in the bullpen. They've been slowly acquiring them and finding them and adding them in, but not anyone at the front line of the bullpen. Uh, so yeah, so no veteran starters did they add to this mix. And I feel like they've been kind of drinking their own Kool-Aid, right? We've been praising them, the podcasters, the fans, We've been praising them as this pitching factory, right? Oh, look at what they did. They churn out Kluber. They fix Trevor Bauer. They churn out Mike Clevenger. They churn out Shane Bieber. Plesak, Savali. They're churning out starting pitchers left and right. They don't need a veteran. They got McKenzie and Logan Allen and Eli Morgan and Sam Henches ready to go. And JC Mejia snuck up on us. But sure, why not? The Indians can make a starter out of anybody. And it hasn't worked out. All of our young starters have been a disaster. I'm not even saying, you know, there hasn't really been a serviceable one in the group. 
Eli Morgan may be the most serviceable. I thought Mejia was at the start, but Mejia has really dropped off a cliff lately. Sam Hentges has been a disaster. Logan Allen has been a disaster. Tristan McKenzie has been a disaster. I mean, these guys can barely throw strikes sometimes. And the Indians used to go out and find a starter. They used to go out and find like a Kevin Millwood or a Scott Kazmir, a guy, even Oliver Perez, a guy who everyone had pretty much given up on and they were able to do a reclamation project with them. They were able to flip them into a good starting pitcher again. Kazmir would go on to have a few good seasons after leaving the Indians. Millwood would too. Uh, I don't know about Oliver Perez. Oliver Perez, we kind of got the last of Oliver Perez. But I'm using that as an example recently because there hasn't been many starters we've added recently. But we were able to at least add him to the bullpen and make him a really effective piece of our bullpen. So yeah, where are those guys? They didn't, they didn't even make an effort. They actually made an effort to address offense in the offseason, right? They addressed the outfield by getting out Eddie Rosario. They addressed the infield by hanging on to Cesar Hernandez. They even were able to go out and kind of get a reclamation project in Harold Ramirez, a guy who was the opening day cleanup hitter for Miami at the start of the 2020 season and then has a COVID test and then has an injury and then ends up as a waiver claim. And in a sticky situation down there in Miami, we were able to find him, identify him, and Harold Ramirez has actually been a pretty serviceable member of this offense. So yeah, the Indians have been able to do that. Look what they did with Rene Rivera and what Rene Rivera was able to contribute. Some of you probably feel like Rene Rivera was a better option than Austin Hedges or Roberto Perez has been this season. So yeah, so the Indians' management, ownership, They actually did address the offense and the defense a little bit. I mean, they still needed to address center field. They were able to get a serviceable return for Francisco Lindor, which none of us thought was possible, right? We can all agree that Ahmed Rosario has been a better baseball player this season than Francisco Lindor has. None of you would have believed that back when they made that trade. So the offensive side of the ball as bad as we've been hitting in some of these games, and even though we've been no hit now three times in a season, although Zach Meisel had the king tweet about this, uh, Zach Meisel tweeted out, seven inning no hitters are technically considered notable achievements. So the Indians are not the first team in history to be no hit three times in one season, but they are the first team to be no hit twice and notably achieved against. So yeah. Uh, basically no hit three times in a season. But they did nothing to address a veteran starting pitcher. They thought we'd only have to fill two spots with rookies. They didn't realize they'd have to fill all five spots. I know Quantrill's not a rookie, but he might as well be because no one's given him a chance to start until now. Even the Padres used him out of the bullpen a ton. So Quantrill, this is really his rookie chance at starting. I'm going to consider it that. So... Five rookies in your starting rotation. Six rookies if you consider mixing in McKenzie and stuff like that. Uh, Plesak will be back tomorrow. Everybody thinks Brad Peacock is going to get called up eventually. He's a veteran who's bounced between the bullpen and starting. I don't know how good he's going to be, but at least he's a veteran. At least he's been there before. So, yeah. 
that's this is what they get. This is what they get for trusting the starting rotation to five rookies. This should be the starting rotation for the Columbus Clippers, not the Cleveland Indians. And you pepper in one or two as the season goes on as you need them. But it should not be what you have. It shouldn't. So there's my rant. Uh, Getting into the actual details of the games yesterday, I thought the big thing from the first game was Mejia could not put anyone away. He just couldn't. He didn't have that put-away pitch. Uh, he only has two strikeouts in his two and two-thirds, gives up four hits and two walks, six earned runs, and one home run. He's only hard hit three times, but he just couldn't put anyone away. Whereas on the other side, Michael Waka was putting away guys left and right in six innings, only gave up four hits, one earned run, no walks, six strikeouts, did give up that solo home run to Fermil Reyes, that would be the only run the Indians would score in 14 innings of baseball would be one solo home run from Fermil Reyes. We did hit hard hit him a ton. Uh, we hard hit Michael Waka one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight times. Just nothing to show for it. I mean, Rosario had three hard hits, only had one hit to show for it. So yeah, so the Indians just could not get anything going against Waka, and he was able to finish off our hitters. Six strikeouts. JC Mejia was not, and I think the most telling thing about this, if I go over to the illustrator here, is full counts. Full counts in that first game. The uh, Tampa Bay Rays, in full count situations, ended up going three for three with a walk, with three home runs off three different pitchers. And it was all hard stuff. It was all hard stuff challenging the hitters in. They were all lefties against our right-handed pitchers. Mejia throws a sinker to uh, Kevin Kiermeyer and gives up a home run. A high sinker that he just ignites. DJ Johnson tries to come in at Brandon Lau with a forcing fastball. He had thrown a ton of fastballs, and it was working for him. This one, Brandon Lau absolutely smokes 110.2 mile per hour exit velocity into the seats in right field. And then Trevor Steffen tries coming in on uh, Brent Phillips, and he hits at 102.5, also with the hard stuff. Also try to get him with a four-seam fastball inside, and Phillips is able to turn on it. And uh, Mejia ended up walking G-Man Choi on a full count. Now, what did the Indians hitters do on full counts? Well, they struck out twice and they walked. Harold Ramirez did draw a walk off of Ryan Sheriff, but Waka was able to get both times Bobby Bradley to strike out on a full count. So what does that tell you about what happened yesterday? First off, it tells me that the Rays pitchers hitters were more patient. And the fact that the only person to get to a full count was Bobby Bradley, and then in the ninth, in the seventh inning, Ryan Sheriff goes to full count against Harold Ramirez. The Tampa Bay hitters were more patient, and they were rewarded with pitches in the strike zone. They were rewarded with meat fastballs that they were able to absolutely destroy. All, every one of them, uh, a hard-hit ball, right, for a home run. No, no bloop Eddie Rosario home runs. These balls were all cranked. Not all over 100. Kiermaier's was 96.6. The other two over 100 mile-per-hour exit velocity. So that was the storyline from game one. And uh, game two, the Indians offense just had nothing to show. 
absolutely nothing to show. And uh, their defense was really good. I will say that is definitely a storyline from that second game. Tampa Bay's defense all over the place was just fantastic. Franco, Wander Franco at third base. Taylor Walls at shortstop were incredible. Brujan out in right field was good. Uh, who was at second base for them? Brousseau at second base was good for them. Yandy Diaz uh, at first base. That's a really good defensive infield right there for the Tampa Bay Rays. And they were flashing the leather a lot yesterday. Only two hard hit balls in that second game for the Indians. That is not good enough. Colin McHugh was dominant as uh, the opener. And he has been dominant as an opener all season. He started, uh, I think he started one, two, three, four games so far in this opener role. and But out of the bullpen, he has not given up a run since May 24th. He gave up one run on May 24th. Before that, you have to go all the way back to April 17th to find the last run that he's given up. And he started the season with a 10.3 ERA in April. A 10.13, sorry, ERA in April. And he's gotten it all the way down to a 177 ERA. That's how dominant Colin McHugh has been. And against us yesterday, it was all about that cutter. He uh, he was pounding the cutter up in the zone. Nine pitches, eight swings, seven whiffs. 88% whiff percentage on his cutter. It's good for a 78% CSW. That's incredible. That is, and the one we did make contact with, we fouled off. That's an incredible pitch right there. Uh, a hard cutter come, not a hard cutter. I'm sorry, not a hard cutter. It averages 86.5 mile per hour uh, velocity. That's the speed on that pitch. He topped out at 87.9. Not a hard cutter. Uh, I guess it just has some really good movement to it. A uh, 29-inch vertical break and uh, a, only a 2-inch horizontal break. Is that right? Is that the is that the movement on that pitch? My God, that seems like a really, really strange pitch. A fastball, I mean, it almost works like a sinker. I don't know. Sometimes, I, but they call it a cutter. That's what they call it. So... McHugh dominates us with that. Uh, for the Indians, it was actually a serviceable day from Sam Henches. Sam Henches' final line is four and a third, does give up five hits and three walks. Four and runs, three strikeouts on 86 pitches. He's only hard hit six times, doesn't give up a home run. Like I said, it was serviceable, but in when the Indians' offense is just getting dominated like this, it's not good enough. Uh, two of those runs, I know, were inherited runners from Nick Sandlin that he let come around and score on the one hit he gave up uh, to Yandy Diaz. Uh, he jammed Yandy Diaz, but Yandy Diaz was able to poke it out into right field, shoot it past Bobby Bradley. That's what Yandy Diaz does. Goes opposite way. The offense, there's nothing. What am I going to talk about? The two walks, you know, that Owen Miller and Cesar Hernandez drew. So... That's your storylines from the game. So it's a brutal day down in Tampa Bay. We got four games to possibly, possibly find any momentum going into the All-Star break. 
We know Plesak is pitching tonight if they're able to get this game in because there's rain in the forecast all night. Uh, so we'll see if it clears up. Like last night, there was thunderstorms, you know, in the forecast, but there were big pockets. Uh, hey, I was even able to get out and go for a run yesterday. So uh, there were some pockets of decent weather for those of you not in Cleveland. And uh, it's going to be the same thing tonight. So you may see them start, play a few innings, go into a rain delay. I hope they don't do that because that would really mess up Plesak's start. You know, we need be nice to get one quality start. There have been no quality starts, it feels like, in a long time. I can tell you at least not in this losing streak there hasn't been any quality starts from an Indians pitcher. If you don't know, by the way, a quality start, you have to go six innings, three runs or less. That's what they consider a quality start. So... That's everything. So we'll see if they get this game in tonight and how the weather does through the weekend. Um, MVP for the day. Oh, God. Nobody in game two. I can tell you that much. Maybe in game one. Let's go to the box score in game one. Uh, Oh, boy. DJ Johnson actually did okay. He gives up one home run. It's the only run he would give up, a solo shot. He did give up two hits and one and two-third. Had three strikeouts. Was really working it with that fastball. Forcing fastball that he threw, he maxed out at 95 mile per hour. Averaged 94.2 on it. Had 10 swings, seven whiffs on his fastball. Three called strikes. It's good for a 53% CSW. On his forcing fastball. Like I said, one blemish, one hit on it, and that was the home run. Only one put in play, and that was the home run, which went 110.2 mile per hour exit velocity. So, DJ Johnson, you get MVP for the day. All right, that's all my thoughts. Thanks for listening to my rant this morning. Again, the final from Tampa Bay the Indians get swept in a doubleheader. You can follow me on Twitter at Davey Barris. You can email the show at clevelandbaseballmornings at gmail.com. Let me know your thoughts on the game, and we'll discuss them on the show. Also, I'm hosting this podcast on Anchor, so if you go to anchor.fm forward slash clevelandbaseballmornings, you can leave a voicemail for the show. We'll play them back on the air, respond to your thoughts, and we'll have a fun conversation amongst the fans about baseball. So thanks again for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning. <laughs>